This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, guys? We are back. We will be regularly dropping podcasts from here on out. Took a little break from the podcast at the start of the offseason, but now that free agency is officially underway well at least the legal tampering period is underway can we call it like the, the negotiating period like l- legal tampering sounds like illegal interesting <laughs> sounds illegal right yeah exactly but we're back uh you just heard zach there uh we're both back on the podcast we're planning on you know from here on out you know i think now now the free agency has hit you know we're gonna be you know putting putting some episodes out at this point uh we haven't let go of the pulse yet Right, like all off season, we've been on it, you know. As you've probably seen over on our over on our Instagram page, if you aren't following us over on Instagram, make sure that you are at Upper Hand Fantasy. But I'm here with Zach. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about after day one of free agency. Uh, But we also want to get to the big trade uh, between the Bears and the Panthers for the number one overall pick. We also want to go over the franchise tag players as well. Go over some quick fantasy um, impact. Uh, of some of those moves uh so that's what we're going to cover in this episode day one of free agency plus all that stuff um in our next episode later this week we'll be talking about a lot of other topics like combine results right what does it mean for a few of the guys who underperformed or overperformed there uh more from free agency obviously because there's going to be a couple more a lot more moves happening over the next couple of days um right. and on wednesday is the official day where you know these guys are actually going to put pen to paper and sign their contracts if they were agreed to it before wednesday um and after that we'll be getting to nfl draft content right and you know we'll have multiple episodes per week going over going over nfl draft stuff Uh, i'm working on our prospect guide now uh zach is going to be working on you know creating that into something pretty that you can look at uh (laughs) not just words (laughs) uh that come out of my head um but yeah man um, let's go ahead and dive into day one of this legal tampering period. Zach, what were your th- overall thoughts from day one so far? So we're recording this at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Right. Um, you know, so there could be, you know, we're, we're monitoring our phones are next to us. We'll be monitoring any news that comes in. But Zach, what were your overall thoughts so far? I thought it was exciting. You know, I, I thought there was actually a lot going on at the deadline and things that you don't really think about, you know, much for fantasy football, uh, at least on the surface. You know, there haven't been a whole lot of skill player signings, but definitely a bunch of other signings that make a, a lot of impact. You know, we talk about the Broncos going all out. They add a lot of pieces on the offensive line. Same with the Bears, adding a bunch on defense. We're going to see where they go maybe on offense. But like we said, that trade for DJ Moore was huge. I think it's been exciting. You know, I, I'm a fantasy football guy. But I'm also an NFL fan. And you know, just the free agency is great. 
And I think it's hilarious. Like you said, it's the legal tampering period. Like this feels like it's free agency already started. I don't know why they make that discrepancy. It's like, oh, you know, the legal tampering period is open. They call it the negotiation period. Like you said, like this is free agency. We're in full swing. So why even just beat around the bush? Free agency starts on the 13th, not the 15th for me. But it's been exciting for me. And I can't wait to dive into all this and talk about it. Yeah, man. Um, you know, one of, you know, the biggest storyline, obviously, is Aaron Rodgers, right? And no, you know, we are not breaking any Aaron Rodgers news as of yet. Uh, yeah. I keep looking at my phone and refreshing Twitter for the hopes that Aaron Rodgers makes his decision. And that decision is yes. Um, so we're we're anxiously awaiting that as a Jets fan. You know, I, I just want it to happen so that the Jets can move on with their with other needs right because they know that if they sign Aaron Rodgers they are going to have to go all out and you know do whatever they can to capture as much magic as they can in this very small window because if Aaron Rodgers is a jet and he kind of alluded to it when he was talking to Brandon Marshall because mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall I don't know if you caught this did you did you see that those clips in, in that video that Brandon Marshall had, I think he like caught up with Aaron Rodgers at like his kid's game or something. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> it, it looked game. like it, it looked like it was like one of those things where Aaron Rodgers did not want anybody there. And Brandon Marshall just like showed up randomly. He's like, Hey man, let's do a quick interview. And I just like, right. okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it was one particular tidbit that I caught there was that, you know, he, Brandon Marshall was talking about himself as an all time jet. And Aaron Rodgers was like, I think of you as a bear. Like, I don't think of you as an all-time Jet. I think of you as an all-time bear. But how long have you been right. a Jet? Like two years? He's like, Yeah, but look at those, look at the numbers. Like, I'm an all-time Jet. Uh, and he goes, Well, and you could be an all-time Jet too. He was talking to Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers said, right. Well, you know, not if not for only one year, right? Like he said that, right? Mm-hmm. And like I, I caught that. I'm like, ooh, okay. If this happens. It's probably just going to be a one-year thing, and he might just retire after that. Um, so the Jets need to do whatever they can to capture this window. This is their opportunity here to go all out. Because at the end of the day, I believe, and this is a non-objective opinion, okay? Mm-hmm. because I never, ever think the Jets are going to make the Super Bowl. But if Aaron Rodgers joins the Jets, I think that their offense is good enough with the weapons that they have, and I think the defense – is what is really going to be the star of this team. And right. that combination with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, I think they can make a deep playoff run. Now, you know, this is, you know, whatever you think about how Aaron Rodgers performs in the playoffs, like set that aside, right? He does have a ring. Um, lately, you know, there have been moments where you're like, what, are, what is that Packers team doing? What is Aaron Rodgers doing? But I think in this new spot, I think this is a team that could make the playoffs and could potentially go far in the playoffs yeah. if Aaron Rodgers joins. No, I'm a Cowboys fan. I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I'm telling you that that's not a bad <laughs> opinion. You know what I'm saying? I think that makes total sense. Um, the thing about, you know, the Packers last season, season a lot of people are going to look at it and be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he wasn't the same as he was the two MVP seasons before that. You know, he had a much worse touchdown interception ratio, which was completely uncharacteristic of what we've seen from him as of late. Like, the Packers organization was in shambles. You know, they had just lost Devontae Adams. You know, the defense, despite having a bunch of playmakers, was underperforming. They even lost to Darius Smith. Like, that was kind of falling apart, and things were souring towards the end. So I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers a mulligan there. We know the type of player he is. And all the Jets needed last season was a guy like Mike White. We saw what happens when they get average to good quarterback play. I'd say Mike White was that in a couple games. 
and they were doing really well, the Jets. So I think you put Aaron Rodgers in there, who that's his floor. If you get excellent play from Aaron Rodgers, like a couple games in a row, like that's going to get you to the playoffs and even help you to make a run. Like you said, the defense is going to be the strength of that team. I think Aaron Rodgers at this point, I think it's going to happen. I mean, I know everyone's pumping the brakes. Yeah. Nothing's official yet. You know, um, I forget what was the guy's name that came out. Was it Trey Wingo or something like that? I forget what his name yep, was. Yep, Trey Wingo, yep. Yeah, so he put out that report, and everyone's, like, bashing him. They're like, that didn't happen yet. And Ian, Ian Rappaport was all, <laughs> like, nothing happened yet. I wish it did. It's like, okay, cool. It's going to happen. Like, this, it's like this it, it, flirting. It seems, you know? it seems it, to it, me like Trey Wingo is uh, pretty well-connected, uh, you know, in terms of this situation. I mean, he did call... You know, he's the first one to report that the Jets brass were going going to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers, right? He was the first one right. to report that, and it seems like he's pretty well, you know, tuned in what's going on here. So, I think, I think this is an eighty percent chance that it happens, and it's just a matter of time. But I just wish Aaron Rodgers would make a damn decision so that we could move on. Um, yeah. You know, all the Jets players are super excited, uh, but I'm sure you know, and and I think. I don't think that was a result of anybody letting them know anything. I think it was it was a result of Trey Wingo's tweet, to right. be honest with you, because all that reaction came in shortly after that tweet. Um, and then people started posting that Aaron Rodgers is the Jet. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Schefter and Ian, Ian Rappaport, the guys who, you know, are truly, you know, well-connected. And if it's official, official, those guys are going to report on it. And it, that hasn't happened yet. But, you know, we'll right. go over all the fantasy impact, uh, you know, that this would – you know, uh, kind of, you know, with Gary Wilson, you're obviously going to talk about him and Breeze Hall and, you know, whether Elijah mm-hmm. Moore can become a, become a thing again, um, you know, whether he might end up going to the Packers in this deal, who knows. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll go over all that once this deal does become official. So in this next episode, we, we might end up talking a whole lot about that. Um, oh, yeah. But one of the guys that, you know, I was hoping would be available, you know, if Aaron Rodgers, you know, said no, was Jimmy Garoppolo. And right. I'm not a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan or anything, but I do think that he's capable. Um, you know, I was hoping that Derek Carr would be available first. You know, if Aaron Rodgers said no, we haven't got a response right. from him. So this is why the no response is even worse than saying no. Because, yeah. you know, you want to make a decision here, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo ends up signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. Not a fi- I mean, it's a, it's official pretty much. He's going to sign yeah. on Wednesday. Uh, but the Raiders go from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I would say that's a net downgrade at quarterback. Uh, I think Jimmy G is a decent quarterback. Uh, I think Derek Carr is a decent quarterback um, right. who is a oh. little bit, maybe a little bit above average. Uh, yeah. I would say maybe a top, you know, 14, 15 quarterback, something like that. And maybe Jimmy G might be like a top, you know, 18, maybe quarterback ish, yeah. something like that. So, a little bit of a downgrade there. You know, obviously they're paying Jimmy G a lot less than they would be paying Derek Carr. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like in terms of, you know, fantasy, you know, you, you we're talking Devontae Adams. We're talking Josh Jacobs. I don't see myself starting Jimmy G a whole lot, right? Just like how right. we couldn't really start Derek Carr. Uh, but how are you feeling about this, man? Like, you know, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, I think those two guys are the main guys we're talking about here. You know, obviously – you know, we have Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller as guys who are fantasy relevant as well. Um, yeah. But just just curious to hear your, your overall thoughts of, of this move. Yeah. So for me, 
Garoppolo and Carr, I know you put them like 18. The Garoppolo would be 18, 19. Derek Carr would be 14, 15. I think they're right next to each other in terms of what they bring to the table. But Garoppolo has the, I've been to the Super Bowl pedigree, but he also isn't a playmaker like Derek Carr was. You know, I think Garoppolo is going to rely on more. Of, he was more of an efficient system quarterback where Derek Carr, he could make some plays. As much as we crapped all over him on this podcast, he could make plays. And he's going to do fine in New Orleans. But outside of that, it's essentially the same situation from a fantasy perspective for the Raiders offense. I mean, Jacobs is still going to be running in the ground. You know, they have him on the tag. Unless they sign him more, they're just going to keep using him. Devontae Adams, he's still going to carry middle of the pack QB to relevance. And Darren Waller, he's still going to miss six games from a random injury. So I don't think that it's a bad (laughs) signing in a vacuum, but they sure did pay him a lot of money considering that they're not necessarily out of striking distance in the draft. That's one of the things that confused me because they could have still traded up or maybe even moved a piece to go get a quarterback that they wanted. They must assume there's going to be a run on quarterbacks early. Uh, Otherwise, I think that this money might be a bit much for Jimmy Garoppolo. But nonetheless, I think we're looking at pretty much the same situation. Maybe a slight downgrade for Devontae Adams. I think maybe he moves out of that, you know, strong wide receiver one conversation where he was last year with Derek Carr even. I think he might be a a mid to low wide receiver one, especially with Garrett Wilson maybe moving up. You know, if Aaron Rodgers would move somewhere else, there's going to be all sorts of movement up and down the board. But for me, I think it's a net neutral uh, return on this trade on the signing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if the Raiders went, if the Raiders went the route of, Hey, we're going to draft a rookie quarterback this year and not sign a veteran who could lead this offense or who, who can at least uh, carry this offense to relevancy. This is good news for Devonta Adams. This is good news for Josh Jacobs in terms of their fantasy value, right? Because we're looking at Jacobs as somebody that we know, you know, we know he's going to get volume. Right. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're worried about drives being sustained. Right. I think Jimmy G brings an element of like, OK, we could sustain some drives here. Our offense isn't just going to go to shit, you know, with yeah. a rookie quarterback potentially who needs to develop. Right. So they're getting somebody in there who could continue to keep Devon, Devonta, continue to keep Devonta Adams at that wide receiver one level, continue to keep Josh Jacobs at that RB one level as well. So, right. Going into 2023, you're now okay with both of these Raiders, you know, on your fantasy team. Now, I, I think I agree with you. I think Devontae Adams takes a little bit of a hit, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of, you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of people talking about Derek Carr and uh, they have selective memory, right? There was that four game stretch, right? Where Devontae yeah. Adams, you know, obviously disappeared. You don't want to see that, but the dude, what he had 1400 yards last year, you know, like double digit touchdowns. Like there was, it was a good year for Devontae Adams. Actually, I think it was his second best year, uh, you know, in the NFL, if you're talking, talking stats here. So, um, you know, it is what it is, right? I think Jimmy G, I I don't know if, you know, Devontae Adams has another 1400 yard season with Jimmy G, uh, but it's very possible. Now, one other note I want to mention about Jimmy G, is the fact that the dude played with Kyle Shanahan, right? Like when Debo yeah. Samuel went off, you know, Kyle Shanahan is that dude when it comes to scheming guys up. And, you know, look at what he's doing with Brock Purdy, right? Like yeah. look at what he did with Nick Mullins at times. Uh, he's had quarterbacks step up when they need to. Um, and Jimmy G is one of those guys. Um, but unfortunately, Jimmy G might not be propped up like he used to be with right. Kyle Shanahan. I, I don't and, know that Josh McDaniels is that guy to prop up Jimmy G, to be honest with you. No, I agree. And the other thing he doesn't have to rely on anymore is a top defense. And this is, you know, kind of going off of 
uh, the fantasy track, but you also have to consider the amount of possessions they're going to have. If they can't stay on the field and their defense is allowing a bunch of points, like is it maybe, you know, maybe there's a trade-off there. If they're in a bunch of negative game scripts, it'll help them. They'll be throwing more, but Jimmy G has never been throw the ball 50 times kind of guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So I don't know how much I trust that. I'm not a big fan of Jimmy G in that type of situation, but for me, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that it's a horrific report right now. The bottom line for me, when you talk about, the impact on Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs is your stock didn't tank from this move. It's not so much about did it move up a little? No, it's it didn't tank, and that's good enough yeah. for now. You know, we don't have to worry about them until, you know, unless they go and go rogue and draft somebody, you know. But for the time being, I think that we're all right in fantasy land with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. I agree. And, and your point about the defense is a good one because, you know, they were able to play controlled offense most of the time. And if you get down, you go down 14 nothing in the first quarter, Jimmy G's not the guy that you want leading that comeback. Right. That's for sure. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline dolphins dolphins signing mike white um you know this is a move where you know it's related to the aaron Rodgers thing because at this point the jets have no quarterbacks now right they have zach wilson right uh they're trying to get aaron Rodgers. but the dolphins signed mike white to be Tua tagovailoa's backup um you know obviously Tua has had those concussion issues and you know other issues as well in terms of being being able to stay on the field so you know if anything ever happens to Tua, if he gets hurt they have a solid backup here, Mike White, who's proved to be a solid backup over the last two years. You know, he was able to come in and do his thing. And I think with Mike McDaniel and those weapons, Mike White could be fantasy relevant uh, if Tua ever, you know, misses a couple games due to an injury. So this is a good signing by the Dolphins. I was hoping the Jets would keep him. Uh, but, right. you know, for the Jets to keep him, like uh, Mike White got a good chunk of change here. He got paid. Um, yeah. So, he got you know, paid happy more for the I guy. Thought. 
Uh, yeah, that for sure. Um, you know, and, and honestly, the Jets playing him the way they did last year um, and the difference that he showed between, you know, a guy like him and, my, and Zach Wilson, that basically, you know, teams were watching, right? The Dolphins yeah. are watching. They're, they're in the division. They know what's up. So they're like, hey, man, like, let's, let's get this guy. So it was a good move by the Dolphins, but kind of sucks for the Jets. Yeah, I think it's a really good move for the Dolphins, especially with the question marks that they have with Tua's uh, injury status. You know, Mike White has shown that he can make plays on an offense that, yeah, it has talent. We had Garrett Wilson. You know, you had Elijah Moore. He had that one game where people were wondering if he was going to make a comeback, um, but he didn't eventually. But this is a guy that can come in and make your offense work, you know, even in a bad situation as a backup. You put him on an offense with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. you know, like, I like that. And maybe even Miles Sanders by the time everything is said and done with free agency. I know that you – did you predict him? I think I remember seeing you predict him somewhere. I think in our post you predicted him I, going uh, to the Yeah, I predicted the Miles Sanders going to the Dolphins, yeah. Right. So if you put him on an offense like that, I'd argue he's going to look even better than he did with the Jets. And obviously the Jets, he was playing as a backup. He had a couple of good games, a couple of bad games. But excellent insurance policy uh, for Tua Tagovailoa. And I think that if Tua does go down, we're going to be talking about Mike White as a streamer every week that he's starting, you know, because that's a good offense down there in Miami. And for the Jets, yeah, it sucks. I mean, this move shows that the Jets are all in on Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know. I saw a tweet that someone said, Zach Wilson's ceiling is still Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's exactly how how it is nowadays, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe do you think that do you think they'll hold on maybe to him as a backup? I think so. Maybe I feel like they have universe, to, right? They have to. Um and I think they they I think Robert Sala is is actually telling the truth, uh, you know, when it comes to like how they feel about him. Like, you know, he lost like a guy who just lost his confidence and needs to kind of get that back that he has right. the ability uh, that I would agree with. He has the ability. Now, will he ever get the confidence? Will he ever get the IQ back? Right. To be able to perform at that level. Huge question marks there. Obviously, I'm not holding out any hope as a Jets fan. I'm acting like the Zach Wilson era is over. And then, you know, I'm just waiting for seven years from now when Zach Wilson is on a different team uh, with a better organization, and he will absolutely kill it just like Geno Smith did this year. That's what, That's what I'm say. looking forward to. He's on the Geno Smith <laughs> career arc. Great. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, man. Um, another backup quarterback uh, one to watch is Jared Stidham uh, signing with the Broncos. Um, you know, Russell Wilson obviously, you know, was terrible last year. Yeah. Sean Payton coming in now, right? Hopefully, Russell Wilson can kind of get back a little bit of what he had, uh, you know, previously in his career. One of the best quarterbacks in the league, all of a sudden turned into one of the worst last year. Uh, but as soon as Nathaniel Hackett uh, got fired, he ended up playing pretty well. So we'll see. Yeah. You know, maybe this was a, a situation where this is a situation where Sean Payton can, can come in and reverse course uh, and kind of bring Russell Wilson back down to where he was. But Jared Stidham, you know, was a quality starter for for the Raiders uh you know when Derek Carr had to miss time last year um you know surprisingly you know going toe to toe with the 49ers like that yeah. was that was quite the performance last year and you know Jared Stidham you know somebody is is an interesting quarterback cuz he has a lot of tools that you're like wow like this guy looks good so this yeah. is an interesting signing here um i think this is a good signing by the Broncos uh and listen man if Russell Wilson struggles again and it's not – it wasn't a coaching thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Statham steps in for Russell Wilson and there's a benching here um, if Russell Wilson continues to play the way he did last year. And that's why I think this is a 
relatively significant signing. I think it might go under the radar a little bit, but Stidham could start some games next year, uh, you know, if Russell Wilson ends up playing like shit once again. I don't think that's going to be the case, just me personally. I think if there's anything that was going to wipe the taste of last season out of my mouth from Russell Wilson stinking it up, it's Sean Payton being hired. I want to see what he can do. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I know it's really difficult, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I think that they still have good weapons on offense. Like I said, they just fortified their offensive line huge in free agency. They went all out this first day, so that's good to see. That's going to help everybody, not just Russell Wilson. We're talking about Javante Williams maybe coming back from injury. We'll see how that goes. But I think I'm going to give Russell Wilson the benefit of the doubt here. Jared Sidham, it's a good signing, yes. I think the only way he starts a game next season is if Russell Wilson gets hurt. Because if Russell Wilson is just average, I think he's going to play the whole season. That's just the way I it agree. is because they paid him all that money. I don't. I think there's a much better chance that Russell Wilson comes back and looks closer to what he did in Seattle than he did last season. I, and I'm not going. To, I'm not going to bank on it and take like Jared Stidham at the back of my draft and say, "Well, there's my sleeper <laughs> just in case." You know, Russell Wilson shits the bed. Like, no, that's not what I'm going to be doing. But definitely, like you said, he does have the tools in that game against the 49ers. He did look really good. Uh, he had very limited actions, a small sample size. So I do want to see um, if that can continue over a larger sample size. We might not ever see it, but it would be a nice little thing to keep an eye on and have him in your back pocket maybe later on in the season in 2023. Obviously, we're projecting very far out right now. But if you could just keep him in your back pocket as maybe a streaming option, he's going to be worth it, much better than other guys like Cooper Rush, who might end up playing. <laughs> you know, Cooper Rush, I'm not sure where yes. he's going to end up. I know he's a free agent right now, but there is a huge gap between him and um, guys like Mike White and, you know, Jared Sidham, like yeah. I just said. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, no, I, I would agree with you, man. I think this was the perfect signing for the Broncos. I think if anybody's going to turn Russell Wilson back around, it's 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 Sean Payton. Uh, and I agree. I agree. If I had to bet on what's going to happen here, I think Russell Wilson does turn it around because I, I was a fan of him, man. I was a fan of his game, you know, was? coming into last season. Are you? Yeah, saying? I was. A f- <laughs> I wasn't. No, I'm not. Well, okay, Currently, so based I'm on not last a fan season- of his game. Are you a fan of him though? Like, I think we're all still rooting for him to do well. You mean Mr. But... Unlimited? Oh yeah, Mr. Unlimited. Is that who you're referring to? <laughs> well, he was Mr. Limited <laughs> last year. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> he was Mr. Limited for sure. Uh, I was not, as a person, I am a fan of him. Right. A- am I like was am I am I a fan of him right now in terms of like how he's playing right now? No. Uh, but you know, you know me, bro. you know me, and like I was calling for a Matt Stafford type of impact you know, on this Broncos team. You weren't the only one either. You weren't the only one. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, because I was a fan of him and I thought that Pete Carroll was the, was the, uh, the reason why he wasn't reaching his potential, but I was wrong, dead wrong on that one because Geno Smith came in last year and absolutely tore it up. And I give Pete Carroll credit for that. And I give, giving credit where it's due now. So, you know, and now, and if Russell Wilson ends up not playing well again, even with Sean Payton, I'm going to elevate, you know, Pete Carroll up to a, a different level. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, that that that's crazy to me. Um, but anyway, yeah. the, the, the point of this is saying that, you know, I, I agree. I do think that he ends up, you know, looking way closer to what he looked like previously with the, when he was with the Seahawks. Right. Um, but, you know, we would be remiss not to talk about these, these signings that the Broncos made to that offensive line. Uh, ben Powers, uh, for, former guard for the Ravens, big signing right, right there. Even bigger signing, Mike McGlinchey coming over from the 49ers. Uh, big right tackle. Uh, they're fortifying that offensive line, man. This is good news uh, for, for Russell Wilson, obviously. This is great news for the running backs 
um, you know, whenever Javante Williams ends up, you know, coming back and, and you know, coming back right from the injury, we don't know when he's going to be 100%, uh, right. most likely not at the start of the season. But regardless, this is going to help him and whoever else is in his backfield. Side note, I'm expect, fully expecting the Saints to either sign a pass catching running back or draft one. Um, the Saints you know, and the I can see. I'm sorry, Broncos. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're talking uh, about Sean Payton. Sean Payton, 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 undersized yeah. quarterback. Yeah, you know, Saints. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's about. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. You know, I can see him fall, falling in love with someone like Jameer Gibbs. You know, I can, Yo, I can yeah. totally see that. Right. Um, but, 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 yeah, like someone like him. Um, you know, there are a few guys like you know potentially uh, Georgia running back. You know, Kenny McIntosh. Like, I can see someone like that. You know, joining that backfield. Um, you know, just because of how Sean Payton has been running his offenses for his entire career. Right. Um, but yeah. All right. Moving forward, uh, another offensive tackle signed by the Chiefs, Jawan Taylor, uh, former formerly the right tackle for the Jaguars. He's expected to be Patrick Mahomes' new left tackle. So they are moving on from Orlando Brown. They're moving him over to the other side. They're moving Jawan Taylor over to the other side. Um, there there were talks of the, the Chiefs trying to secure Laramie Tunsil from yeah. the Texans in a trade. Uh, but it looks like that was going to be their backup plan if they couldn't land Jawan Taylor. And they did big money. Now he's going to probably win a championship <laughs> with the Chiefs <laughs> at some point right. over the next couple of years. Um, and, you know, they're going to continue to shore up that offensive line. Uh, but that was a good, that was a, that was, that was a solid move by the Chiefs to, to kind of get, you know, Orlando Brown was probably going to get paid. You know, he's obviously an older guy. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think they were, they were thinking about paying him. Uh, but now at this point, they don't need to. Yeah, and I think this is a good move, you know, because it keeps them well within affordable range. And Jawan Taylor, I think he's an upside guy. I have a couple friends that are Jags fans, and they talk to me all the time about him being streaky. You know, I think that if anybody's yeah. going to make it work, you know, I know Andy Reid, he's an offensive genius. I don't know what his touch is on offensive linemen, but I think they'll figure something out. He'll be just fine. And like you said, Jawan Taylor, he should be winning a championship with Patrick Holmes as long as he can keep him upright. Um, I'm not sure. Has Juwan Taylor played left tackle? Um, I don't know. Maybe he played left tackle in college potentially. But right. yeah, you know, this is a this is a very important position to play to protect the the backside of Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, yeah, like his his the blinds that blind side is like one of the most important positions in all of football, especially for that quarterback, right? Yeah. So they better make sure that he can he's up to that job because if if not. They need to move his ass back to the right side and find a new, like, legit left tackle, right? So it seems like they have, you know, they have plans for him. They seem that they they seem confident in him. Um, but, yeah. you know, this is a, a big move for the Chiefs offense. Yeah, I mean, you sign him for as much money as you did. You better have confidence in him. You yeah. know, and I think they're going to give him a relatively long leash. You know, they're not going to shut him down if he has a bad two-game stretch or anything like that, you know. But he has the tools to do it. You know, in terms of his size and athleticism, this is a guy that was doing pretty good in Jacksonville anyway. I, I think that he's going to be just fine. And if they need to, like you said, he played right tackle. They could kick him over to that side and figure it out at left tackle after that. Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we've seen him under pressure in the Super Bowl before. It didn't go too well. But recently, the Chiefs have been on top of keeping him upright. And I think this is another really good move. It's hard to say that this is a bad move. You know, obviously, there's a little risk involved, but I think they're going to be just fine. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, we had a, we had a, a trade request happen today, uh, and this was not something that we saw coming. Yeah. But Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler's agent, informed ESPN that they requested that his camp per- requested permission to the Chargers to talk to other teams to see if uh, they can facilitate, facilitate some sort of trade. This is a bombshell right here. Yeah. What, what do you think of this whole situation? This is what I wasn't expecting at all. I don't think any NFL fan, fantasy football fan was expecting this at all. As far as I was concerned, you know, Austin Eckler was doing his thing, rocking out on his air guitar, scoring 20 touchdowns a season. You know, it's like, great. He's doing everything he needs to be Mr. Fantasy Football, you know, the CEO of Fantasy Points. It was great. And now he's requesting a trade. It kind of came out of left field and it kind of makes me question, like, is this a legit concern or is he just trying to leverage maybe getting some more money? I, I have no idea what the um, source of this is. But if he is looking for a trade, you know, that opens up a lot of different ways that he could go. A lot of teams that need running backs, you know, would be interesting, like the Bills. You know, I think that he would end up finding his way up there. That would be a really nice move as far as his fantasy prospect goes. He's going to be just fine wherever he goes. But um, a team that could use a running back, you know, if anybody's in the market for one, he might have just solidified himself as the number one running back on the market. Oh, no doubt about that. Like, if he ends up, you know, but you know what? There's, there are a couple other running backs available, you know, via trade as well, right? Like, apparently got a guy like Nick Chubb, you know, he he's he's on the low. He's kind of available, right? Yeah. And you have, you know, a couple other other running backs as well who or might be like Derrick Henry available, right, by the Titans. Mm-hmm. So there are a few running backs here who might be available via trade. And it's like, you know, depending on your scheme, you know, you might want to go with Derrick Henry. You know, they're based, Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler are pretty much the complete opposite of each other, right? Yeah. Size, stature, skill set, everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll say this, man. I would say the way that Joe Lombardi used Austin Eckler over the past two seasons as, you know, with him as OC and Austin Eckler as the main running back, it was the perfect storm, dude. Like, yeah. it was it was a good offense. Uh and Austin Eckler got pretty much all the goal line carries. And he was yeah. ridiculously, you know, utilized in the passing game. So it's like the perfect storm was going on with Austin Eckler. And he's a small running back. And yeah. I'm just kind of afraid that, you know, and this isn't a huge concern, but I want to know, like, obviously, Joel Lombardi is not there anymore, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have a new offensive coordinator who you're very familiar with coming yeah. over from the Not Cowboys. 
but you know, I might be a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, by the way, like we'll go over all of the you know offensive coordinator changes in in future episodes and stuff, right? Um, and we will do that. But my concern is that number one. Is Austin Eckler going to have get his have his goal line role maintained? Like, if that's is that going to be the case moving forward? We right. don't know the answer to that. It's all up to the OC. Like, what do you, what does he want to do? Is he okay with giving the smaller running back? And and listen, as he should, right? Guys like him and Aaron Rodgers with smaller. Run, I'm, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones, smaller yeah. running backs who are very good at the goal line. But like, what did we see? You know, last year we saw Zeke getting all the goal lines, uh, goal line carries. We saw Tony Pollard. You know, he got some, but not most, yeah. right? Um, you know that the Zeke thing could be a Jerry Jones, you know, inspired yeah. move as well. Like in terms of that role, because you got to give him some sort of role to make Jerry Jones look good, right? <laughs> so yeah. that's my only concern here. That's number one. Number two. This guy, like Joe Lombardi, is coming from Sean Payton's system, where the running back is ridiculously used in the pass game, right? right? Um, number three, and we'll post about this on Instagram. We have a post coming up about a couple of these downsides for Austin Eckler. Number three is that you, you should see the splits that Austin Eckler has had with Ke- you know with and without Keenan Allen. Like the usage in the pass game, it, it was almost double, you know, when yeah. Keenan Allen was off the field. So something to keep in keep, something to keep in mind. So. Even if he stays in the Chargers, or even if he moves to a different team, I think that the utilization—what is it going to look like, right? And that's that's kind of my only concern. The other concern is that he's going to be 28 years old this season, which is kind of past that apex of being a high-end running back. Um, so, just a couple concerns for me, you know, with Austin Eckler. You know, I I love the guy; like he's a great proponent of fantasy football, and he's a serious fantasy contributor, winning people championships, especially over the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, so regardless of whether he gets moved or not, I think there are concerns. I'd rather, from a fantasy perspective, I'd rather him not get moved uh, because he's like the guy there in LA. Yeah. And it's like it's hard to like change his role like, when you have, you know, a new OC coming in. Uh, but even if he gets moved, like, you know, I, I would be reluctant to spend, let's say, a first round pick on him on another team in an unknown role unless I see what's going on during preseason or something like that. And you have an idea that, okay, this guy's going to be you know, have a, a huge role, you know, in every situation. Right. No, I'm, I'm 100% agree that he wouldn't be a first-round pick. I think that's an easy out for me. I wouldn't be taking him in the first round if he gets moved. But I look at Austin Eckler and his skill set. You know, we talk about it. he is the complete package. You know, he can run and he can catch. But he's most notorious for his ability in the passing game. There would say – I would say there are more running backs than receiving running backs, you know, in the league. More guys are just going to take those goal line carries, those early yeah. down carries, and be like that. He wasn't contending with that in Los Angeles with the Chargers. You know, he, there wasn't anyone really behind him um, make, taking those carries. So he was kind of he had a monopoly, and he's great with it. You know, it's not like that he couldn't handle that type of workload. But if he goes somewhere else, there's going to be a guy I feel like that's going to take those early down carries, and we're going to see maybe some legit drop off from what we saw with him on the Chargers, like. I'm not saying he's going to the Chiefs, but a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, you know, he's going to be an early down guy, goal out, goal, goal line guy over Austin Eckler. Other look, what's places he could land the Bills, like I said, you know, they have Devin Singletary there still. It's just, there's always guys that are going to sit there and take those goal line carries. And I feel like if he goes anywhere where it's not just him, he might kind of lose that. And he used, he relied on that a lot 
you know, to, to score his points. He had that dry spell to open the start of the season. That's kind of a taste of what I think we might be getting somewhere else where he actually didn't have those goal line carries. And then he got back to it. Um, so that's just a concern of mine if he does get moved. Do you would you be surprised? Going to be moved? Sorry, sorry. Would you I be just... surprised? No, that's, that's okay. I mean, would you be surprised if Kellen Moore comes in and, you know, either drafts another running back in like the fourth round, like an early down grinder type of guy, or, you know, potentially give goal line carries to someone like Josh Kelly, who's a bigger back? Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Just because Joe Lombardi didn't do it, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, this guy, Kellen Moore coming in might change things up, right? That's my, that's yeah. a little bit of a concern I have um, because before the past two years, Austin Eckler was not a goal line guy at all, right? Even yeah. in the year without Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think now, do I think like to your question, do I think he's going to get moved? I don't. Okay. So there's, there's two schools of thought here. Number yeah. one is the chargers don't get strong armed into anything, right? Look what happened with Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Like Melvin Gordon, like the Chargers shriveled up Melvin Gordon to irrelevancy. Like literally. <laughs> like Melvin Gordon was like, pay me. They're like, no, you are banished. And like literally Melvin Gordon didn't do anything, <laughs> you know, after that. Um, yeah. Also, the, but then the other side of it is that, okay, can we get something out of the, our high end running back who's already, who's going to be turning 28 this year? Or do we pay yeah. him? Right. Those are the two options, really. Or you keep him this year. Does he hold out? I don't know. Like, you know, Austin Eckler doesn't seem like the guy who would hold out, but he also doesn't seem like the guy who would request a trade. You know, yeah. it's all business at the end of the day, right? And he's looking at his future. We know that he's going to be successful no matter what he does after he retires. Um, but it's one of those situations where, you know, I, I could see the Chargers being smart here and moving him, if that makes sense, because of the fact that you can potentially get some – uh, get some capital, get some draft capital for him before he drops off because it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, for sure. I I think that makes total sense. And, and you're but, right. But do I think it's going to happen? It's like it's like tough to say whether it's going to happen or not. Right? It depends how the I, Chargers feel about it. I personally don't think he's going to get moved. That's just me. You know, I I think that this is just kind of one of the spur of the moment things where it's like, oh, free agency hits, and maybe a player gets like cold feet. I, we saw this Kareem Hunt a little bit. I think he was requesting a trade last season during the season. Yeah. It, it wasn't free agency, but this kind of stuff happens. I, th- I feel like yeah. this is just going to be one that flies under the radar. That's my gut feeling, um, but we'll talk on more, more about this if anything happens. But as things stand right now, I think his value is the same. I mean, you have to maybe, look at who's available too, like Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb. I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Scott Barrett's tweet here. You know, Dalvin yeah. Cook potentially available for trade. Yeah, I saw that. David That's Montgomery, f- free agent. Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, Deontay Foreman. Like, yes, a lot of these guys aren't as good as Austin Heckler, but like, there's way too much supply for the demand for running backs right now. So, right. first of all, these guys aren't going to get paid. Second of all, like, is there really a market, trade market right now for Austin Heckler? Can something happen in the middle of the season? Potentially, because similar to the Christian McCaffrey thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if Austin Eckler absolutely destroys it and kills it, you know, the first six weeks of the season, and then you know he wants he he still wants to get traded, like I could see that. But as of right now, like I might be leaning towards no, just like you, to be yeah. honest. I, I just yeah. don't see it right now. Yeah. All right. M- moving on. A um, little bit of under radar trade. John Smith got traded to the Falcons. That was an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, seventh round pick. He had a, he got a huge contract in free agency from the Patriots a couple of years ago when they signed both him and Hunter Henry within five minutes of each other. 
Um, really interesting <laughs> yeah. move. That was an interesting move. I feel like neither of them lived up to their contracts. No. Um, I think this is a, a good move for Hunter Henry, and I think that he could potentially become pretty fantasy relevant here. Is he going to be a top five tight end? I don't think so, but he will be a weekly tight end one. I I, yeah. I, I would I would think so, and I think he's going to run a lot of routes. Uh, his route participation suffered most games when Donu Smith was playing. Um, when he wasn't playing, his route participation went up to the elite levels. Uh, he wasn't used as much. Jacoby Myers, though, most likely leaving a free agency. He hasn't got signed yet, but when he, he'll probably be leaving. So there's going to be a void for targets here. You know, so this is a situation where where you know he could potentially get a big bump here. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm not sure there is a huge fantasy impact. Now, what are your thoughts in terms of you know him on the Falcons? Do you think there is a potential fantasy impact here? You know, obviously we have Drake London, we have Kyle Pitts, um, strong running game here. Is this a two tight end set type of thing? Like, what, like what are your thoughts of Jonathan Smith and potential impact on the Falcon side of things? So obviously my first gut reaction was like frustration out of my mind because Kyle Pitts, once again, is going to get blackballed. Like he's just going to get screwed because we got another guy coming in. And this isn't like we saw Michael Pruitt take snaps, you know, last season and he's scoring touchdowns. Well, Kyle Pitts was on the field and I'd say Johnny Smith. I mean, he's he wasn't fantastic with the Patriots, but I'd say he's still a step up from a guy like Michael Pruitt. I feel like we're going to see him on the field, too. I think it's going to be more of the same. For Kyle Pitts. Now, I don't think we can fairly rank Kyle Pitts, even if he's healthy, as like even a solid tight end one, the way they've been using him. Arthur Smith doesn't seem like he's moving that way anytime soon. But it's interesting that they bring in John Smith. So that gives me, at the same time, as much as it frustrates me, it also gives me a little hope. Because like you said, if they get more two tight end sets, that might allow for more passing situations. We still have to see how Desmond Ritter goes, if that's the guy they're going to roll with. Um, I don't think they're going to make a move for anybody else, but they released Marcus Mariota. I, I look at Kyle Pitts. I don't think he's influenced too negatively. It's just like not helping my opinion of his prospects for next season. Johnny Smith, I don't think he's going to be much of a contributor. I think he's going to be a spot contributor. He's going to be just one of those vultures to take production from Kyle Pitts. Um, not a fan of the move just from a fantasy perspective because I want to see Kyle Pitts be featured in an offense. But I, I don't think that there's too much to worry about on the Falcons end of things. It doesn't change a whole lot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if anything, all I know is that I'm going to be targeting Drake London more, um, you know, just overall. I mean, but who knows? Like, th- this offense needs a quarterback. You know, I'm not sure if we could really, you know, depend on this passing attack at all right now. So yeah. I don't think I'll be investing in pass catchers in terms of redraft. Obviously, you still want to invest in Drake London. You still want to invest in Kyle Pitts and Dynasty. Make sure you do that now, you know, before this offense turns it up, uh, before it becomes good. Yeah. Uh, you know, or at least becomes relevant. Um, I'm not sure if their quarterback situation is at a point where they could take advantage of that. Um, Arthur Smith isn't helping, but it's also possible that he's just protecting this offense uh, because they don't have that quarterback right now. Um, now, they That's haven't possible. been active. Like, it doesn't seem like they've been active in the quarterback free agency class right now. Like, no. they're signing other guys. They have a ton of cap space. They're not going after Jacoby Brissett, it seems like. They they really weren't involved in the Jimmy G sweepstakes. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what they want to do. They already came out and said that they're not interested in training for Lamar Jackson, which is the biggest head-scratcher for me. That's what uh, I was Who say. knows? Maybe, maybe they still are. But that's 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 the interesting part of it. You know, it's funny because 
I was thinking about this, and I actually think that there is a chance that they add a a you know a, a running back on day two of this draft um, to, right. to share this backfield. You know, they have Cordell Patterson, but he's an older guy. Like, you know, uh, I'm not sure how long he's going to be a big part of this pa- rushing offense. Um, you know, but they have a they had a good rookie last year um, in that yep. backfield. It's going to be somewhat of a timeshare, and it's going to continue to be a run-first offense. But in terms of John Smith, I think you know he he lines up all over the place. He has a little bit of versatility. He can line up in the backfield as a fullback. Um, you know he can he can you know run routes in line. Coppins might be you know running a little bit more you know in the slot and that sort of thing. So I'm not you know overly concerned in, in terms of this affecting Coppins. But the hope is that Coppins gets that that route participation that we want, and that was a yeah. big factor last year in terms of us hating you know, the guts of Arthur Smith. Um, <laughs> so, like, we'll see yeah. how that works out. That's the hope. Hopefully this doesn't affect anything. I don't think it will. Yeah, and just talk about that route participation and just, you know, snaps in general. You know, we that's a strong indicator of usage. You know, we talked about Kyle Pitts having that trouble, but remember when we were talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and his usage and everybody was up in arms about us? I don't know if everybody was up in arms about it, but we are definitely having some people tell us that we weren't right about it. You know, like, he's scoring all these points. Like, no. That's a that's a good indicator. You want to keep an eye on that kind of stuff. Definitely. Um, so before we end this episode, uh, we want to talk about the DJ Moore trade and and the and the and the Panthers trading up to the number one overall pick. Uh, in the next episode, we'll hit the guys who are who are franchising. Uh, we'll talk about Calvin Ridley there as well, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs. Uh, we hit on Lamar Jackson, obviously, as well. By the way, no team can send Lamar Jackson an offer sheet until Wednesday. Uh, right. So that's why we haven't seen anything with that situation. Um, so so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but lo- the Wednesday will be the first day where, you know, we can see some action there. Who knows if we will, you know, it yeah. might end up being that the Ravens just end up keeping him. Um, either way, even if a team does extend an offer sheet to him, there's a good chance that the Ravens just match it and they just let the market decide what he's worth. Um, yeah. It's very possible that that happens. Um just just real quick, quick um what's your quick prediction on Lamar Jackson and where he ends up? I think he's gonna stick with Baltimore. You know, I think there's yeah. no realistic situation where he goes anywhere else. The last places where I could think about maybe him going to are the Jets, who seem to be in in an entanglement, if you want to call it that, with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and then you have the the Falcons, who we just talked about, you know, it doesn't look like they're going after him. They actually went out of their way to go and say, No, we don't want him. Like that was weird. You know, when you talk about free agency, just figuring out who might be targeting who. Usually you don't see teams come out and say, we're not targeting somebody. You know, they just let it be. That was weird. So I think that he's going to ultimately end up with the Ravens. I agree. All right, let's. Uh, we'll talk about those franchise tag guys and their fantasy impact going into next season uh, in the next episode. Uh, but just let's just quickly talk about the impact um, that DJ Moore is going to make. So the Bears got a haul for their first-round pick. Um, yeah. for, I'm sorry for the first overall pick. They got the Panthers for the Panthers first round pick. What was that? The number what was that number nine. seven? Nine number nine. One. That was number nine. Um, they got a first round pick next year. They got a second round pick this year. No, I'm sorry. They got a second round pick next year, and they got a third round pick. In another second round pick in 2025. I think that's what it was. That was a competition, and they ended up with DJ Moore as the cherry on top. Quite yeah. a big cherry there. That is a big move for the Bears, getting Justin Fields a true number one wide receiver, somebody who has been getting it done 
you know, for the most part in his career so far with, you know, not so great quarterbacks, right? And this is a situation where Justin Fields could prove that he is that guy. You know, he yeah. is somebody who could, you know, level up um, to, you know, what the expectations were with him being drafted so high, you know, coming out of Ohio State. I think, you know, I think he was a very accurate quarterback in college. He was one of the most accurate, right, coming yeah. out. Um, obviously, he has the legs. Um, and it's a situation where now there's no excuses, right? You know, you got DJ Moore now, right? Uh, you have um, Darnell Mooney. And you have Chase Claypool. I think that yeah. is a solid wide receiver core, right? It's not the best, but it's mm -hmm. solid. Um, DJ Moore is not AJ Brown. He's not Stefan Diggs, right? Guys who immediately made an impact, huge impact for the quarterbacks that they play for. Right. They were they they were key uh, proponents of their um, their next level. You know, the, them moving to the next level. Yeah, I think DJ Moore is capable of that, though, right? I think you know he's capable of helping. Justin Fields reached that next level. And I think Justin Fields could pull a Jalen Hurts, right? J Justin Fields is already averaging the same amount, almost the same amount of fantasy points per dropback that Jalen Hurts was averaging just this past season yeah. when he was a baller. So Justin Fields could potentially break fantasy in 2023. Oh, I, I think he's going to. And this is just really early me saying that, but I think he's going to because DJ Moore, I think there could be a mutual bene mutually beneficial arrangement. You know, you talk about DJ Moore isn't AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs, but who is he played with? You know, AJ Brown was playing. I mean, he was coming from Ryan Tannehill. I guess that's one thing, but Stefan Diggs was coming from a pretty good offense in Minnesota too. You know, they were both doing their things. They were wide receiver ones in their own right when they came over. DJ Moore is the same thing. I think we could see something similar with that. Justin Fields is an upgrade over anything the Panthers had. So I, I, I'm not worried about DJ Moore at all. I think he could actually improve too. He only had, I think, was it four touchdowns in each of the past three seasons? That's a number that has to go up. You don't talk about touchdown regression? That, that's going up. That, that's just my guess because this offense is going to be much better than it was. And Justin Fields, I think he's going to be mutually beneficial in this arrangement too. I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, anybody says he can't throw, I just don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? He didn't throw a whole lot. That might be why people say he can't throw. They really kept him handcuffed to start the season last season. You know, he, they ran the ball so much. That was the conversation with Justin Fields. Like, if they only threw it a little bit more. Then they started throwing it, and he put up those 40 points a game. Obviously, he had those long rushing touchdowns, but he's, as, he's a dyna as dynamic a talent as there is in the NFL. And like you said, he's averaging the same fantasy points per drop back as Jalen Hurts was this season. Any type of improvement we're talking about, like you said, breaking fantasy so i am in 100 percent agreement this is really good um for both of these guys and maybe i think you even give dj more more of a bump than maybe even you alluded to yeah i i kind of am viewing dj more similarly as i did in, in the past um i think this could be a, a situation where he does better i think his ceiling is higher with yeah. justin fields um i'm viewing dj more as like a I would say like a solid wide receiver too, which I think is pretty good. And that might be an upgrade for, from where he was in terms of like where he was being ranked in redraft. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think this is, if you have DJ, if you have DJ more dynasty, for example, like I, I'm happy about this move because you want guys who could potentially give you a higher ceiling, right. On a, on a weekly basis. Um, right. You know, a lot of people don't like his consistency. Give me better weeks. Like I want, like these weeks where he's winning you weeks, right? Like I want more top five weeks from someone like DJ Moore. And he, if he could give me that, that's what I prefer 
over him being just like a consistent, you know, wide receiver two or low end wide receiver two, right? Um, right. that's what I'd rather have. Um, I'd rather give me more wide receiver three weeks and then a bunch of top five wide receiver weeks than you know, just give me wide receiver two weeks every single week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I think that could definitely happen. I think Justin Fields is gonna throw the ball more than he was before, right? Everyone's a lot of people can point to the fact that they don't they didn't throw the ball at all last year. But who are they going to throw to, right? Like, yeah. And also, you you gotta you gotta think of like you know when Justin Fields was just starting to throw the ball a little bit more, his boy got hurt, right? So yeah, they didn't have anybody. They traded for Chase Claypool. He was banged up too. So it was a bad situation overall for his weapons. And now he gets three guys on the field this year that he just simply didn't have last year. So it's a big improvement. And then we didn't even mention his tight end. Yeah, right. He already had a rapport there. Cole so, Komet was you know actually very good. You know, once Justin Fields started throwing last season, he was one of the yeah. more the higher Touchdown upside machine. tight ends. Yeah, one of the higher upside tight ends, and it's just a barren landscape. But yeah, you're right. If this offense ends up, you know, moving forward, he's a guy you got to pay attention to, right? Because he 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 was able to do his thing. Um, the year before, he, he did his thing, didn't score any touchdowns, and last year the touchdown regression came through, and he ended up scoring. Right, so yeah, uh, we can see something like that continuing, you know, moving forward if this offense does improve. Um, but I think this is a great move for the Bears. They got some extra picks, extra draft capital. What about this? Jackson Smith, the Jigba at yeah. number nine overall. <laughs> oh, man, crazy. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Bye-bye, Chase Claypool. I know we just bought you for the 32nd overall pick. You know, you can give crazy. Ryan Poles credit for a lot of things. You can't give him credit for that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a bad move. Okay, and uh, I think Chase Claypool, I think they were just, you know, I, I just saw a, a tweet from Chase Claypool today that, like, you know, you, he's saying that you got to give the, the keys to the city to Ryan Pauls. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, Chase, like, honestly, man, like, I know he, he just traded for you, but he might just trade you again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see, <laughs> I can see the Bears just trading away, you know, Chase Claypool. They, they, they picked JSN at number nine, and then mm-hmm. they just trade away Claypool for, like, a third-round pick. That would like I can I honestly that, that would be a net positive. That, that would be a W. Yeah, <laughs> right there. That would. You know what I'm saying? And I would, listen, I, I would I would quote tweet the shit out of that tweet that he just, <laughs> he just yeah he just sent. Listen, me. I don't want to crap all over Chase Claypool. He's still young. You could give him a shot, but this is the thing: like he sure. wasn't worth the second round pick. He he wasn't, and it ter- ends up well, being a first round pick. You know, so <laughs> yeah. like he yeah. was not. This is a guy. If I'm not mistaken, he was a seventh. No, was he fourth round? Not seventh round. He was like fourth round draft capital. I think he was day two. I think it was yeah. he was a day two guy. So I think he was round three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But outside of his rookie season, like he wasn't even that amazing. You know, like he he's just like this. Yeah, he's a good he's a solid receiver. You know, he'll he's a good wide receiver three. He was a second round pick. Two. Yeah. So he was second round wow. pick. Man. Second round pick. 49th overall. Yeah. Okay. So crazy. The Steelers got an even return back on him, but uh, he wasn't worth that. And that was one of the head scratchers. Like, okay, maybe, maybe they see something in Chase Claypool that we didn't. But uh, right, if they go take Jackson Smith and the Jigba, like Chase Claypool's days are going to be numbered because you put him in that receiver Bye-bye. room. Who's going to be expendable? Right, it's not going to be exactly. Darnell Mooney. He's been there the whole time, and he's more talented than Chase Claypool. So I think exactly. you're onto something there. He's a better receiver for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see it, man. I'm very excited to see it. Um. So that, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Appreciate you guys. Good to be back. 
talking yeah. to you again. Uh, it's good to see you again, Zach. And, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to continue to do this regularly. Uh, we're aiming for two times a week. You know, we'll get a regular cadence going as well. Uh, so you guys know exactly what days the, the podcast is dropping. But for now, uh, we're going to, you know, kind of finger in the air a little bit for, for, you know, maybe over the next couple of weeks or so, just to kind of make sure we got everything, you know, that we need you know, on lock and then we'll let you guys know. But in the meantime, we'll definitely going to be continuing to drop episodes. So again, next week we'll talk, I mean, I'm sorry, next episode we'll talk franchise tag guys. Um, we are going to talk about combine results. Obviously there'll be more stuff going on this week for free agency. We'll go over all of that. Um, and, you know, continue to go over some NFL draft stuff as well as we get closer to the end of April where the NFL yeah. draft, I think it's going, it's happening where it's, it's at Kansas city, I think this year. Um, I didn't so check the location. This yeah, year. I think I it's that. I think it's Kansas City. So that that's that should be a good time, man. I'm I'm looking forward to that whole draft process. Um, yeah, it should be fun. So appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days, and uh, just hit 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 me up over DMs. Let me know you listen to the episode. I want to know you guys are back and and all that. So appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. And if you can, uh, if you can subscribe to the podcast, that'd be amazing. Uh, either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. Later.